Maybe you've been to a party like this. The yard is dirt. The dog is locked away somewhere so he won't go nuts. But his house, built on a pallet, is there under the little oak tree by the fence, along with his water bucket and food bowl. The place was hard to find, on a long road that threads the hills between towns, and this is why a speed metal band can set up on the back deck. The band members have pushed the old Weber barbecue and the yard furniture aside, and stacked up their hard-bought amplifiers and PA speakers, put the shining drum set in the back by the kitchen window, the microphones up front by the neglected flower beds. You watch them taking the stage for their second set, ducking under guitar straps, saying, check, into the mics. They are ethnically diverse, well, white and Mexican, and look like heroin junkies. The vocalist, a skinny, vaguely pretty young man with shaggy black hair and a shoulder tattoo, scans the dozens of people assembled in the dirt, drinking Miller from red plastic cups. He comes out with a sentence or two of self-conscious banter before he gives the forecount, and the band, called Slow Death, unleashes a prolonged, hammering explosion of noise and screaming that reverberates up to the clouds, where it breaks up and dissipates over the countryside. It's 10.30 at night, but you squint against the glare. Four or five floodlights are positioned around the yard, gleaming off people and objects, sending stretched, black shadows off in peculiar directions. A few of the drunker, more precocious attendees start a mosh pit, churning up a fog of dust that obscures your view of the band and causes everyone else to draw back and swipe their hands through the air. There are Mexicans, there are whites, there are long hairs, there are mohawks, there are crew cuts. Some of the people have passed the point in their lives when it's acceptable to be at a party like this, pushed onward into their late thirties even but they're still waiting for adulthood to strike, for real life to kick in. And until that magic happens, they're staying high and spending their Saturday nights as they did when they were 16. If you haven't been to a party like this, you may not understand why I was so desperate to leave. I was closing in on 30 now and was, for my part, trying to assume the role of adult. I had a pregnant fiancé at home, and a daily routine that I took comfort in. I had, I felt, left behind this world of wasted, loud, arrogant small-town heroes. I was attending Morse Junior College during the day, getting homework done while I cashiered at Vanguard Liquors in the evening, and then driving back to my apartment and sleeping peacefully with Jill. I was going to get a degree in business administration, own a gas station or a subway franchise for fuck's sake, And here I was at the hour when I would normally be flossing my teeth, watching over-the-hill teenagers stomp around in the dirt to an incomprehensible cacophony of shit. I narrowed my eyes at Rich Channing, coming toward me through the clouds of dust. He was supposed to check in with his friend, the drummer, so I could go. But I had watched Rich wander inside the house instead. He strode up now, positioned himself shoulder to shoulder with me and leaned over his beery breath drifting past my nose. I can't talk to him till his set's over. Anyway, I don't think it's going to work out. Can you give me a ride out of here? I turned to him, made a face, and said, Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? He had shown up as I was closing the liquor store and begged me for a ride. He said he'd get me some money for gas, said the band was badass and I'd like them, 
said the drummer was his bro and was putting him up and he wouldn't have anywhere to sleep tonight if he didn't get to this party. It was the last reason that made me sigh and say all right. Rich had looked like death under the fluorescence, his skin pale and waxy, blackened hammocks drooping under his eyes. He had been flying high for a few days, I could tell, and now the drug engine had sputtered and died and he was in freefall, beginning his screaming descent back to earth. I figured I had to take him somewhere. It was that, or deal with him begging to sleep at my place. Rich was one of those people you try to help against all your better judgment, one of those people you're bound to from the past who flaunt their blundering stupidity before you with such blank-faced sincerity that you think you can just explain the obvious to them and they'll stop destroying themselves. We had a history of close friendship that spanned back to when we were both eleven. 